Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Ian Bauer is revolutionizing the way businesses obtain graphic design services by allowing them to obtain high-quality on-demand design assets. Ian is an expert in communicating persuasively and loves helping business owners and digital agencies breathe life into their projects and ideas. He has developed a passion for helping small businesses build customer confidence and loyalty through strong visual content. And he is here to share some valuable information that he has learned along the way. Today, we are going to dive into the importance of visual identity. Ian, welcome to Integrate and Ignite. Thanks for having me. You know, it's not too often that we dive very, very vertically into a topic important as visual identity. Most of our interviews can get very broad, but we are going to just swim down this very vertical path today on visual identity and hone in on what you, our listeners, need to be taking a look at when you're assessing or developing or building onto your own visual identity within your brand. Before we get there, Ian, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey. Sure. I started my life as a chef, and that's what I did for basically about 20 years. You know, ultimately wound up being an executive chef of a university. I had always dreamed of being a business owner. I always thought that that business would be restaurant owner. I'm really glad it's not. (laughs) Um, Especially now. Right. Yeah. And so I wound up starting a couple of different businesses. And out of those kind of grew this recognition that there was a need in the marketplace for um, not just graphic design services, those exist. It was really more of like how to make graphic design make sense for people who are not graphic designers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a graphic designer. And so that's where, you know, I felt like um, there was kind of a big hole there, kind of connecting business owners with graphic designers in a way that made it easier for everybody. So that's really how the design agency came about was really just my talent for communication and desire to, to leverage that to help people with design. Well, and you're certainly doing it. There's no doubt about it. And design is an important aspect of each and every advertisement that we push out, social media content, you know, a blog, whatever it might be within that integrated communications approach. Design is the finishing touch, right? It's what really brings an overall idea and concept and strategy to life. But let's face facts. All too often, People forget the strategy, they forget the audience, and they go straight to design. Talk to us a little bit more about the importance of strategy that leads to ultimately good design. There's a lot there, for for sure. (laughs) Um, I think that the key thing is intention and being intentional. When it comes to strategy, it leads to good design. Ultimately, it's about understanding who your customers are, who your market is, the way that you want to sound to them. And there's a fair amount of like message matching, making sure that your message is appropriate for their stage of awareness and their funnel position, perhaps. And then when you roll that together into design, it's partly about reflecting the values of yourself and your customers, but then also making sure that the designs are intentional, that visual hierarchies are intentional, that people are seeing the things that you want them to see in the way that you want them to see them. It's kind of a lot, and it goes into ultimately this idea of presenting yourself visually and communicating visually in a really intentional way. And that's the kind of the end result. If you're if you're doing it well, then it feels consistent, 
and it feels intentional. Like that to me is a well done design strategy. Well, and let's compare and contrast that, right? For instance, we do a lot of aerospace work, manufacturing work, so on and so forth. And the level of sophistication needed within a design to create that emotional epiphany is very, very different from some of our retailers. One of our clients are thrift stores, very, very kitschy, very campy, very purposeful look surrounding that for their audience. And I think the gift of agencies such as Avocet and yours is the ability to you know, develop that strategy and develop a design that truly does fit the mindset of that audience and will be attractive to them and may not be attractive to people outside of the audience, which really is where we win when it is such a great design that the audience completely grasps onto what we've done and it becomes you know, a part of their heart and soul. Right. And that's really important, that idea of delivering something that people expect. And it's a line to walk, you know, like your example with thrift stores, you know, a a consumer or the marketplace for that, they have an expectation, right? And if you come at them with a design that looks like a tech company or a law firm or something like that, it's going to create confusion. But at the same time that you're trying to deliver something that's expected, you're also trying to deliver something that's different, something that's unique. And so that's where the skill of a design team, an art director, you know, can really help you by delivering both the expected and the unexpected through that design strategy. Yeah, I love that. I think to complicate it, there's so much that goes into design, right? And being on strategy to complicate it, you want that brand not only to resonate with your external customers, but also your internal team, the cultural piece of building it becomes very, very important. Yeah, exactly. When we look at creating a visual identity for a brand, we we look at brand attributes and one of those attributes is culture. And that culture is an inward looking lens. Like what do we want our employees or our team members to say about us or vendors or contractors? They're all kind of part of that internal thing. What do we want to communicate visually with those folks and make sure that that's incorporated in the visual identity strategy overall? You know, it's important. You can't sell anything you don't believe in, right? Well, ethical salespeople can't sell anything they don't believe in. And it doesn't matter if you are inside sales or external sales or marketing or even the CEO going after investors. You've got to believe in what you're selling. And the visual appeal of identity is in a very, very important aspect of that. And sometimes it's difficult, especially with brands who might be going through a refresh or a brand new position and a new identity is needed, out of the chute, selling it can be very difficult. And it takes time sometimes for people to feel comfortable with where the brand is going and believing in its attributes. Yeah. And I mean, even at the most basic level, I mean, just, I mean, the brand attributes and stuff like that is very high level and and it requires buy-in from team members. But even at the most basic level, if you look at you know, things like your team members, a brand refresh might be mean new uniforms, new business cards, new email signatures and things like that. And if you don't get their buy-in, you know, or if it's out of sync with what they think that the values of the company are or what the culture of the company is, then that can obviously have negative impact on morale and all kinds of things. Yeah, it definitely can. We've talked about this a little bit, but that feeling that as Abbasette refers to it, the emotional epiphany 
that you want someone to have, I think is the most difficult aspect of developing you know, a visual identity that people really grasp onto. What are some tips regarding feeling that you could provide our audience today? Well, we like to go through different dimensions of brand attributes when we're talking about a visual identity. And this actually takes a lot of our clients by surprise. I think for a lot of brands, especially maybe owner operators or smaller brands, or even if you just haven't really been exposed to this a lot, there's this misunderstanding that when you're talking about visual identity, what we're really just talking about is shapes, colors, fonts, and stuff like that. And that's usually the conversation they come in prepared to have with us when we do a discovery session. You know, they usually come prepared with like, hey, I've got a bunch of reference images for you to look at. I like the shape of this logo or whatever. And, you know, they're really surprised when the conversation is focused almost entirely on things like feelings and how we want the customer to feel. We do a lot with e-commerce companies. So a question I'll often ask is, what do you want a customer to feel when their package gets delivered? Not just, hey, the UPS driver came by, but also like uh-huh. taking it out, looking at that packaging. What do they want them to feel? What do you want this unboxing experience to be like? How should they interpret all of the visual cues and the messaging that that packaging is conveying to them? You know, and so creating a good feeling, obviously, or or an intentional, back to that word intentional, an intentional feeling all along the way is extremely important and and not only an intentional feeling, but a consistent feeling, you know? So if you consider the life cycle of maybe a potential e-commerce customer, you know, they come across maybe a Facebook ad or something and they click that and they go through to a landing page with a funnel and then they decide to buy. And then the thing comes in the, in the mail or their uh, confirmation emails or whatever, is it consistent? And that consistency creates confidence. And when it's intentional, your potential customer could feel, hey, I'm in good hands because this is a tech company that understands me, or this is a, you know, a design company that understands desk accessories or whatever it happens to be. So design consistency and intention really boost confidence and can create the feelings that you're trying to convey, whatever those happen to be. Yeah, it's interesting. We talk a lot at Avocet about the fact that pretty doesn't sell, right? But what we mean by that is with the right strategy to evoke spontaneity or imagination or desire or passion or influence, that is where the rubber meets the road. That is where beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? If you achieve what you set out to do with that, then the prettiness of it is an overall feeling and that evokes a positive action And then, you know, is the impetus to uh, purchase, right? But there's so much strategy that goes into it before getting to that point. And the end feeling is what we try to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You know, I think a lot of people forget that if you take a look at a lot of designs um, that are in the market right now, something is typically off. It's not 100%. But either it's the color is not working for the type of industry or the type of buyer that you want. Typography, to me, is one of the biggest issues in a lot of logo or visual identity development today. It's just outdated. It's backdated. When you're working with an individual who might be you know, 20 years backdated with what we know will evoke a positive buyer journey today. How do you work through getting them to where they need to be? Well, so 
that could be tough sometimes. If they're talking to us, then typically they've evolved and come around to the idea that a refresh is needed. And I have this great, unique perspective of not being a designer, which is nice. because <laughs> You and it, I both. <laughs> you, right. So when you talk to graphic designers, and there's almost like a tension sometimes between designers and their clients, which is this idea that like the client knows what they want or, or thinks they know what they want. And the designer thinks that they're wrong and that they don't know what's best for themselves, you know, sometimes. And there's a tension there. And I understand that. And one of the things that's a point of tension is seems like a lot of clients for like logo projects and stuff like that. There's, you know, this idea that you have to hide something like there's a secret to the logo, you know, or there's some backstory to it or some hidden meaning or, or something like that. And so when you're doing a logo refresh or something like that, that typically is something that needs to be rolled in there. Now, if you talk to a designer, a designer will tell you the only thing a logo needs to do is be recognizable and to scale well and look good in multiple different media. But I know that a client is always going to want to know what's the story behind this. And so <laughs> one of the things that we do is we try and incorporate that in all of our logo visual identity projects that like, what's the hook? What's the secret meaning? What's the little thing, the little tell, whatever it happens to be, because we know clients like that. So your question was really, when you're refreshing a logo, you know, what do you need to do? Or how do we get clients through that? And part of it is incorporating the old into the new or throwing back to what they had before in some way, if that's something they desire, you know, so it feels like an evolution rather than, you know, a sea change or, or changing tracks or changing directions completely. One of the important aspects of what you just talked about is memorability, right? When someone has to look at a logo twice to see that hidden gem, if you will, that's branding. It increases memorability and when you have memorability, especially with CPG brands that you're working on, when you are looking on the shelf for salad dressing and you see 50 different brands there and you have an affinity reaction to one, it is typically because, you know, that brand has deployed everything that you've just talked about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love that. And there is an art to it. There is a science to it. And when all of those come together, you know, we can achieve greatness. Let's talk a little bit more about the advice that you can provide our listeners today on what they can do to assess whether or not they need to be looking at a refresh or a brand new logo. So we've talked about culture. We've talked about audience. We've talked about feeling. How do you gauge impact? Well, impact is really the tangible thing that you're doing for your customers, right? And so when we ask our clients to talk to us about their impact, we want to know how are you meaningfully changing the everyday life of somebody? And some of our brands, this is an eye-opening question. Maybe they think of themselves as a commodity or utility or, or something along those lines. And by talking through that as part of our discovery session and talking through the impact that they have, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll do a transformation analysis in a discovery session. So we go through what do people have? What do people feel? What is their average day like? What are their beliefs like? And we do that in a before and after scenario. And that is really an epiphany for the brands that we're working with to be able to articulate the transformation that their customers experience. And that transformation happens to be the impact. And so when we're able to articulate the impact, like the, the real tangible difference you're making in someone's lives, then uncovering things like design features or imagery in particular, and, and the way that you're going to visually communicate with them, it becomes easier to come up with those design features. So 
that's how we roll impact into the creation of a visual identity with our clients. Well, and, and I think the impact, again, we touched on this briefly, but let's bring it forward again, because this is important. And the impact is only achieved with continuity, right? And continuity between everything that we've talked about today, I feel is one of the areas where brands are not hitting the ball out of the park. They've got, you know, a hundred different people under their belt working for them. Everyone is in the field. They're adapting the brand in different ways. And that brand continuity without a style guide or a communications distillate or a messaging architecture that brings it all together. I think a real mistake when it comes to implementing what might be a great brand, but everyone internally implementing it differently to go through the process of either an upgraded or refreshed or brand new visual identity and not bring the team along, I think is one of those big areas that companies, especially some of the younger companies, because they're moving so quickly, they just don't think about it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, one of the things that we try and do during discovery sessions when we're creating a visual identity is we actually invite not only the decision makers of the company into this discovery session, but also team members who can contribute to this. You know, so maybe they're not necessarily what we would traditionally consider a decision maker, but we want them to get invested and buy into the process. And so maybe that's key account managers, or maybe that is an operations manager, you know, so somebody who typically wouldn't get involved in marketing or these other things. But when you ask an operations manager, what is the impact that we have on our customers? Their insight is going to be pretty profound because they're in it, you know, they're down and they're working in it. And so now they've contributed to this visual identity and their buy-in is going to be really good. And so that now when we push out this visual identity, that operations manager who had a stake in this is now going to be bought into making sure that it looks consistent and that it's part of, you know, the overall messaging uh, strategy. Well, and that is so important. There's no doubt about it. And that buy-in from the top and throughout the way even creates more, you know, affinity to making sure that everything is implemented important. And this is why customers rather are 50% more likely to buy from a brand with a strong visual identity. It goes back to the emotion, you know, that emotional epiphany, that aha moment, that connection that they feel. They will choose you to pick up the phone and call or purchase off the shelf any day over the individual or the brand rather that doesn't have the visual identity that people are looking for. Yeah. And especially in today's world where, you know, there was a time many, many years ago where a lot of the way that you talk to a customer was kind of gated or there were key holders in the company that held on to that, you know, whether that was print material or, or whatever it might be. But these days, basically anybody, anybody in your company can put up some kind of digital document or social media post or email or anything like that. And by kind of shooting from the hip, they're really playing havoc with customer confidence and that idea that essentially you don't want to create the impression that you're disorganized or that you are not authentic or that you're not able to maintain consistency throughout your own visual identity. And so that consistency, by being able to do that, you're creating more confidence in, you know, and your customer is more likely to buy. Yeah. And I think one real important point here, if we're talking about brand equity, right? And the value that someone truly feels, but not only the value that our own customers place on the brand, but quite frankly, the stock market or, you know, IPOs, they place a lot of value 
on the brand itself, the visual identity as a component of that with stock prices, with buy-sell agreements, so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the easiest ways, and I say easy, but it's not always easy, but one of the easiest ways to just passively communicate confidence and inspire confidence is through consistent visual presence. Right. And that consistency becomes very, very important. At the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. What can we do from a visual identity standpoint to maintain or increase top line revenue and bottom line results? And that is important. Making sure that you know your heads of state within your company realize the importance of that is something I think is a basis for companies ultimately to decide whether or not they're in a good position to grow or not. Yeah, I agree. And the insight that you've shared today is absolutely amazing. And it's not easy. Visual identity, again, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And making sure that your visual identity is on strategy is very important. And it's why companies like Ian and our company Avocet exist today is to help brands elevate their presence in the marketplace. Ian, thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. And listeners, we would love to hear from you. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast by visiting avocetcommunications.com. And you can also email me, Lori, at avocetcommunications.com. Thank you for having me. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.